Last week, we spent some time talking about uh, relying on Him, and there was uh, several things, you know, I didn't get to that I wanted to cover. You know, I, actually, some of even the things that I was going to emphasize didn't get to, so I was going to um, definitely spend some more time there tonight, and that's what I had on my heart to do. So let's look at John 15, verse 1. If you didn't hear the first message, you'd still be able to get something out of this, but I encourage you to go back and listen to the last message. John 15, verse 1, this is Jesus speaking. He said, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me. Everybody say, abide in me. Abide. Say, abide in him. Abide. What does abide mean? It means to stay in. You know, if you're abiding in a house in your home, that means you live in it. Abide doesn't give the, the, the picture of just dropping in and out. You're there one day. You're, if you're abiding somewhere, that means you're staying there, right? It doesn't give, it doesn't give you the picture of you, you drop in every three weeks. Amen? We're to abide in God. If we, you know, we're Christians Christian, Christianity is not a religion. Christianity is not uh, just a method of living. Christianity is a relationship with God, and it is us abiding in God Almighty, in himself, and being completely um, connected with him in his life, and that's how we're to live. There isn't a time where we really, uh, you turn it on or off, like, well, you know, I'm in church, so real Christian here, and, I, and I'm tuned in to the Spirit of God. Of course, that happens. You know, we just do that unconsciously. If we're, if we're not careful, we just, okay, now I'm in faith. Now, now I'm really, what you're doing is you're hooking up with your spirit. You're, real, you're, you're saying, okay, I need, to, I need to look inside right now because Unconsciously, you may have trained yourself that in certain times, you, you, well, now we're going to believe God. We don't, we don't tolerate anything. But you know, you can walk outside these four walls and uh, you go back to a different way of thinking. And you can be in a circumstance and yield completely to your head, com lead, yield completely to your flesh, yield completely to other ideas, and not even look to your heart. When if you were right here, you'd be like, no, we don't think that way. We think this way. And you would hook right up with your heart. Well, you know we can train ourselves just to hook up with our heart, like all the time, in every circumstance. I'm not saying we're, we're walking everything out perfectly, but we ought not to just set ourselves up for failure and expect, well, that's just me, I just go that way. No, we ought to be growing, and you know, if we miss it, we get up and go, but we're supposed to abide in Him. Verse 4, abide in me and I in you, so He's in us, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, until it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. So he said, uh, abide in me, I in you. The branch, that's us, you, you can't bear fruit. A, a branch, a natural branch can't bear fruit if it's just laying on the ground. It's got to be hooked up to the vine. Uh, neither can you unless you abide in me. So you're not going to bear any fruit. You're not going to do anything of lasting value unless you're connected with God, unless you're connected with him, hooked up with him in reality, not just mentally assent to it, not just, oh, well, I'm a Christian, so that's good, but then go right on and live just like the world, react just like the world, 
stress out just like the world, you know, go try to figure everything out just like the world and ignore the fact that you have God Almighty on the inside of you and actually he has all the answers. You can look to him. Easy to do. All done it. But we can look to our heart in any given situation, quiet ourselves down, look to our heart and just have the answer and uh, hey, bear actual fruit and not waste all our time on all the other stuff. Verse 5 says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. So if we're abiding in him and he's abiding in us, we bear much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. And that's what we emphasize. Without him, we can do nothing. My question is, do we actually believe that? You know, because you look around, you, you say, oh, well, so-and-so, you know, and the, they're not even a Christian, and they're rocking it. What may look that way right now. They may be doing some natural things well, but we're talking about lasting fruit. And when it all said and done, uh, if, if you're not serving God, it's not going to mean anything anyway. And so we, we trust him, and we can't do anything without him. We read this as well, John 5, verse 19 it says, Then Jesus answered and said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you that the Son can do nothing of himself. Jesus talking about himself. said, The Son can't do anything of himself. Jesus said this. See, that messed with some people's religion. Jesus said, I can't do anything of myself, but what he sees the Father do. He's talking third person. What He could say what I see the Father do. What he says the Father do, the Son uh, whatever for whatever he does, the son also does in like manner. So he's saying, I look to the father to, to do, and I do what he does. And that's how I act. That's how I operate. For the father loves the son and shows him all things that he himself does, and he will show him greater works than these that you may marvel. So Jesus is saying, I, I rely on the father. We read Second uh, Chronicles 16, verse 8 or actually verse 9, uh, for the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. It says the Lord's eyes, he, he, uh, they run to and fro, back and forth across the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of, of those whose heart is loyal to him. So whose people whose heart is loyal to God, God's looking for that so God can show himself strong on those individuals' behalf. God Almighty, who has all knowledge, all power, he's actually looking for faith. He's looking for a heart loyal to him. He's not looking at your ability. He's not looking at your intellect. He's not looking at your connections. He's not impressed with your, your uh, fashion. He's not impressed with, with your resume. He just isn't impressed with any of that. He, but he is impressed when you look to him and you love him. And so we can't do anything without that reliance on him. So that's actually very precious. And if you're going to do the work of God, then you're going to have to rely on him. And if you're going to bear fruit, you're going to have to rely on him. You can do nothing in and of yourself. Related, we read this to Psalm 147, verse 10. It says, he, God, takes no pleasure in the strength of a horse or in human might. You could say, like the things we said, he takes, no, no, he, he takes no pleasure in somebody's bank account. He takes no pleasure in their intellect. He takes no, no pleasure in their skill set, their talents, their abilities. 
He, makes, he doesn't take any pleasure in human might. It, he created mankind, it, and we're a far, far cry from Adam and Eve. The way they were created. You know, we're, we're in a fallen state. We're a long ways from that. Thank God we're born again. We're, that's what we're talking about on the inside. But you in and of yourself, I mean, Adam named all the animals. He had such a quick intellect. He's brilliant. Well, yeah, we may, not saying we're dumb, but the, we're, we're, we've lived through the fall and the flood and everything. You're just not operating at the same level. He lived for 900 plus years, okay? Our bodies aren't the same. Our minds aren't the same. The world's not the same. Uh, God is just not impressed with, with human might. He's just not impressed with flesh. He, in fact, when, when people say, look at me, it's, it's laughable. You're talking to the God that created the universe. He created the planets. He created the mountains. And some person goes, well, look at me. Look at what? See, that doesn't, that's actually the opposite. That's pride. What impresses God, though, it says in the next verse, so we'll read 10 again, he makes, takes no pleasure in the strength of a horse or in human might, Verse 11, know the Lord's delight is in those who fear him, those who honor him, those who put their hope in his unfailing love. Uh, let's read this too. We also read Zechariah 4, 6. It says, uh, so he answered and said to me, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, Zerubbabel not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. So it's by him. So let's look at Romans. Um, we read this verse, but we're, this is kind of going to, uh, you know, a certain emphasis that I, I want uh, for tonight going, you know, building on this. Romans 1, verse 1. This is Paul speaking, and he says, uh, he's opening. The, the epistle, the letter to the Romans, he says, Paul, a, a bondservant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated to the gospel of God, which he promised before through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. Let's skip down to verse 5. Through him we have received grace and apostleship for obedience to the faith among all nations to his name. So he said, I'm called to be an apostle. I'm called to something. And then he said, we've received grace and apostleship for obedience in the faith among all nations for his name. Look at 1 Corinthians 15, verse 9. Paul again says, for I am the least of the apostles who am not worthy to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not in vain, but I, I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God, which is with me. He's saying, I've been called to do this. I've been made an apostle by the grace of God. And he said, by the grace of God, I am what I am. This is the apostle Paul. He, he wrote a good portion of the New Testament. He was anointed to do this. But notice, he says, it's not me. This is not me. I, I am what I am by the grace of God. Romans 12, verse 3, then. Let's go there. It says, for I say through the grace given to me to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. 
For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function, so we being many as one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Verse 6, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given us, let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith, or ministry, let us uh, use it in our ministering. He who teaches in teaching, he who exhorts in exhortation, he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. So he's talking about all these things. He said, uh, if you go back to verse 6, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. So he's saying, then he lists all these things, but he's saying these things were given to us. These weren't things that we, we made. We didn't manufacture these things. You know, Apostle Paul said, the apostleship that was given to me, I'm called to be an apostle. I've been given the grace of God. By the grace of God, of God I am what I am. So he said there's all these different parts, but he's saying they differ according to the grace that is given to you. Given. Everybody say given. So they're given, so they're not manufactured by the person. So Jesus said, you can't do anything apart from me. You're going to bear fruit if you abide in me. So it's him that's going to do the work. And what we do, it's a grace that's been given to us. So what we do for God is going to be by relying on him and it, now it lists a bunch of different areas here that are examples. Every one of these things you're going to do, and anything we're called to do in life, if we're, if, if we're going to do what God has called us to do, and you're going to do the work of what he's actually told you to do, whatever vocation it is, we, if we're going to do it the way God wants us to do it, we're going to do it in his strength and by his grace. And it's going to be him working through us because the real fruit that you want to bear is what he's telling you to do. And the way you do that is by his grace and relying on him. It's anything else is you doing it. Now you have doing it just like the world does it. That's not what you want. That's not the way God set it up. And so, um, <clears throat> Well, I'll wait to say that in a minute. minute let's look at 1 Peter. First Peter 4, verse 10, going along with this, it says, As each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. He says, if anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. If anyone ministers, let him do it with the ability which God supplies. That in all things, God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belong the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. So he's, Peter now is saying something very similar. As each one has received, everybody say received. What does receive mean? It's, it's something that's been given to you. What are you? Are you when you say you received a gift, you, you just are there taking it because it's being given to you. You're not taking it by force. It's being given to you, so you are receiving it. You're taking it, but it's given to you. It didn't say you worked hard and made this happen. 
It didn't say, you, you, you sweat, you're a self-made man or woman. See, that's what the world says. Now, are we saying you shouldn't work hard or, or anything like that? No, the Apostle Paul said, I, I've labored more than all of you, but there, see, there's a difference. He didn't say, I made myself this. He said, I received from God, and so then I'm using it here. Peter says, as each one has received a gift, minister to it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. So he's saying, I've received something, so I'm going to use it, and I'm a good steward of it. Of what? Of something you've received, of something you've been given. We're talking about relying on him and that we can't do anything apart from him. And so we need to understand that whatever we're going to do, it's going to be by his strength. So when you look at somebody else doing something, if they're truly doing it in the strength of God, then you need to understand it's not them. That will help you understand that God can use you or me where we're at without having completely everything perfect because none of us are going to reach perfection before we leave this earth. And that he can use us where we're at where we're at, and we can be good stewards, but that it's going to be in the grace of God that you are relying on him, that you can't do anything apart from him. So you're going to rely on him to use what he's given you to do what he's telling you to do, and that's going to be in the grace of God, and you're going to flow with him. You're going to be good stewards of it. And then you let God, then God's going to get all the glory. Notice it says, if anyone speaks, now he's given some examples, if anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. If anyone ministers, let him do it with the ability which God supplies. That in all things, uh, God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. See, it's all about him. It's all about God. You may be doing a natural thing. Not just talk, this, this applies in every area of life. But, you know, there's not an area of life that we just say, well, I'm just going to do that without the grace of God. I'm going to do it just on my own. We need, to, we need to rely on him. We need to realize that it's been, things have been given to us. And so you flow in that, and what you flow in easy, that seems easy for you, but that's hard for other people when you're talking about it consecrating to God, that's the grace of God. You know, we just, uh, we just got back from a, a regional retreat for the, you know, ministers in the Northeast region. And uh, one of the things they, they did in this retreat, they do it from, you know, a lot of them. They just have different people share, um, just kind of like in, fill in things. Uh, you know, they'll have some main speakers, but then they'll also have people just share life experience or just a little blurb of something. And um, I just use this as an example. It's so interesting because a, a lot of these people, you know, you talk to, you just go and talk to them. You, you've talked to him just a normal conversation, and and then you hear a minister, and you just see the anointing on him, and it's it just you can see the gift of God in people, and it's it's just it's amazing when you see how God gifts different people and the punch that's there when it's the Holy Spirit. Well, we need to understand that that's the same 
in every area, when you see somebody play or sing or they're in business or they're in technology or they're just good with people, there are natural gifts that people had, but when, when those are consecrated to God and you're flowing then with the Holy Spirit and He's enabling you to do things, you can do things by the grace of God. It's just not you. And the more you flow in that, you realize it's not you. Like the Apostle Paul said, it's, I'm doing this. By the grace of God, I am what I am. It's not me. And we can then appreciate the gifts that God's put in people and realize that it's all for His glory and that we're not going to bear any lasting fruit apart from Him. And so we can say, okay, number one, I'm going to rely on you. What is it you have for me so I can do that in your grace and then I can flow in that. And then when we see, and then so it'll do away with the, well, but I, I'm not quite there and this and this and this. And these disqualifying thoughts, you'll realize when you're looking at other individuals and they're flowing with certain things, that is the grace of God on them. And that you can, so then God has something for us to do that's in his plan that, that will glorify him. And what are we to do? We're to be stewards of it. We're not, we're going to use it to, that steward means you're going to use it wisely. You're going to use it to the best of your ability. You're not going to squander it. You're certainly not going to take credit for it. Look at 1 Corinthians 4, verse 6. Notice what it says here. Now these things, brethren, I have figuratively transferred to myself and Apollos for your sakes, that you may learn not to think beyond what is written. I, before I go there, you know, I, I, I should... Uh, it reminds me of... of um, back, you don't have to put it up, but Romans 12, verse 3, it said... I, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. He was saying, you shouldn't think of yourself more highly, but as each person has been given the, a measure of faith, use it. Well, here in 1 Corinthians 4, it says, uh, that you may learn uh, in us not to think beyond what is written, that none of you may be puffed up on behalf of one against the other, that you're not thinking more highly than you ought to think. Verse 7, for who makes you differ from another? What, and what do you have that you did not receive? Now, if indeed you did receive it, why do you boast as if you had not received it? He's saying, what, why, are you, why would you be ever arrogant about what you're doing for the Lord? And he says, what do you have that you, wasn't given to you? In other words, what, you acting like it's you now? What do you have that you didn't receive? You know, these other verses are talking about receiving some. As we've received it, we, we use it, we minister it. Here it says, what makes you differ from another? What do you have that you did not receive? That's a good question to ask yourself. It'll keep arrogance or pride away. And it goes two ways. If you realize that what you have, what you receive, that's the only thing you can do, it'll keep you from looking at somebody else and say, saying, well, pfft. You know, I, I'm further than them or I'm flowing in this. That's, that's the wrong thinking. So you won't look at, at yourself high, more highly than somebody else, but it'll also keep you from thinking, I just, somebody else is just so much further or better. Now, that doesn't mean we can't develop. But if you realize when you look at somebody, that's the grace of God that they're flowing in. Well, it won't be like, you know, you can appreciate it then. You don't, you don't have to now put yourself down. You don't have to put yourself up against somebody else. You don't have to put yourself down. You can get the attitude that, man, 
We're all in the body of Christ. We're all to be doing it, not as natural men just trying to do like the world does, competing. You know, look at my brand. Look at my marketing. Look at my, how famous I am, you know, on, you know, like celebrities, uh, just all about trying to present a certain image or whatever. And it's really competition. It's a win-lose, not a win-win. When, as Christians, see, we're not supposed to be that way. We're supposed to be all about what God would have me to do. We submit it to Him. And then we realize that things are, are submitted to Him being a steward for what He wants us to do. At the end of the day, we're doing it for His glory and we're doing it by His strength. See, it's a totally different paradigm. It's a totally different way of approaching life. And that's, see, that's why it's different than every other quote-unquote religion. It's not a religion. It's a relationship. It's not about us. It's about Him. And so it's not about us earning something from God. It's what He already did so we can live for Him. See, people don't, that are not Christians, they don't get that. They're thinking, you're, you're, no, you're doing this. You got, you got a motive. You, you're doing it somehow for your benefit. And they don't understand. No, you, you're serving God. He loves you. Well, what's in it for you? I, he already did it. I'm just trying to, to share it with you. Well, what are we going to do in life? We're going to do whatever he wants us to do. How are we going to do it? We're going to do it by abiding in him. So we're not going to bear any fruit apart from what he wants us to do. And so that can just free us up to say, look, I'm not supposed to have to do this in my own strength anyway. And so we can flow with him because his strength is so much better than our strength. When your strength runs out, uh, his, his is not even getting started and won't ever end. Look at John 3, verse 25. This is the, uh, John the Baptist. <clears throat> John the Baptist, uh, verse 25 says, Then there arose a dispute between some of John's, the disciples, and the Jews about purification. And they came to John and said, Rabbi, he who was with you beyond the Jordan to whom you have testified, talking about Jesus, behold, he is baptizing and all are coming to him. He said, they're, they're coming to him going, hey, everybody, that, you know, that guy that you were, you were talking about and you were promoting, everybody's going to him now. In verse 27, John said, a man cannot receive, can receive nothing unless it has been given to him from heaven, just like what we're talking about. He, he, John understood that. He said, well, a man can't, re he can't uh, receive he can receive nothing unless it has been given to him from heaven. You yourselves bear me witness that I said, I am not the Christ. I'm not Jesus. But I have been sent before him. In other words, John knew his assignment. He knew I'm supposed to talk about Jesus and, and point people to him. See, he wasn't pointing people to himself. He said, I'm not the Christ, but I have been sent before him. He who has the bride and the uh, he who has the bride is the bridegroom, but the friend of the bridegroom who stands and, and hears him re uh, rejoices greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. Therefore, this joy of mine is fulfilled. He must increase; I must decrease. See, John understood that J Jesus said, "You can't do anything apart from me." John said, "Well, how can a man, unless he receives something from him, he can't do anything. He can receive nothing unless it's given to him." So it's not about me. It's not about what I can do. It's about what God can do through me. 
It's about how I'm going to submit to him and flow with him. Because I have a couple, cho- I, you know, I have many choices in life. I can decide to try to do what I want to do. I can try to do something in my own strength. I can do what I think I'm good at. Or I can just say, God, what would you have me to do? And then I'm going to do it in his strength. And I'm going to live life in his strength. And I'm going to walk day to day and realize, you know, I can't bear fruit apart from him anyway. So I'm just going to rely on him to help me. You know, when I'm feeling stretched and pushed, uh, it's tempting to say, well, I'm done. This is as far as I can go. But I can say, well, no, God is much further than me. I'm going to tap into that. Well, that's limitless. As long as I stay there... As long as I'm relying on him and just stay, no, it's him. No, it's him. No, it's him. He, he's strengthening me. No, he's enabling me. No, I'm abiding in him and he, he's abiding in me and I, I can do nothing apart from him and by his grace I'm going to do what, I, what I'm to do. And I have, I have nothing apart from what I've received. Well, now we can tap into a whole new level of living and it doesn't matter when we bump up against our limits. Well, you knew that to begin with. Now you can just tap into him, and now we can live in, in what he intended for us to live in anyway. And then people can see what God is doing through you. That's called the anointing. That will bless people. Sure, people can be blessed a certain amount in just you being naturally nice or naturally uh, gifted in some area, but there's a whole different thing when it's God working through you. I'm talking about in every vocation. I'm talking about when you're doing something in the business place and God's in it and you're flowing with him. Well, he can do something. He can touch a heart that you just couldn't do, being nice, because God will reach in right to the heart of person, take what you're doing, but he can do something so much more. Take your gift that you've been given. You consecrate it to him. Now the anointing of God is on it. Now true fruit can be born. He can use it to glorify himself, whereas the world just uses it to glorify themselves. And it, it, people may enjoy it, but it's not going to change anybody. It won't glorify God. At the end of the day, it won't bear any fruit. But relying on him, we can bear fruit. Amen. It is about him. It's about him. And so we stay there. We stay in that place. We live there. We live looking on the inside. We look, you know, we get in a position where you're being pushed and you're stressed. We need just to remind ourselves and jerk ourselves out of the, oh, stuff's going on too. Okay, this, you know, I'm in the middle of this, but what, it's about him. Look back in our heart. Look back at, okay, God, what, what are you doing here? What, what do you want to do? I'm, I'm tapping into your grace right now. I'm, I'm bumping up against something that I'm, I'm being pressed, but, but you're with me and for me, and your grace is sufficient here, so I'm going to live there. Lord, I want you to be glorified. I want to bear fruit in this situation, not just try a bunch of things, not just, you know, uh, in my own effort, but uh, I'm going to tap into you. I'm going to abide in you, rely on you, and Lord, you can, you can turn this thing around. You can help me right here, now. Not get to the point where, oh, I guess I messed this one up. We'll, we'll start again tomorrow. No, right now. Right now, I'm going to look on the inside. I'm going to rely on him. He's faithful. He can help us. He can help us. Every situation, he can help us. He's got a way. He's got a way through, over, his grace. That's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to live there. 
Amen.